Welcome back to the Sideline Sports Podcast. I'm Max. I'm Vinny. And I am Jason Jaybird Goldstein. Alrighty, and we are going to, uh, let's just get right into it this week. We're going to start off with a Super Bowl roundup, I guess you could say. Yeah, so yesterday was the Super Bowl. Um, pretty boring one. The Super, I think the New York Lowe's. Times called it the Super Board. That's funny. But uh, Lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. And it was the highest over-under, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. What I, that's what I found was funny. It? Yeah, it was the what, highest over it was under. What fifty six and a half? I think it was fifty seven and a half initially. That went down to fifty six and a half. I think the fifty seven and a half may have been the highest over under. Then fifty six and a half could have tied it. Patriots Falcons was like fifty. It was like right around there. Same. Yeah, race. So I think it was, like it was right around there. Fifty seven and a half. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. So um, Tom Brady picks up his sixth ring. So does Belichick. So does Belichick. Who's who's the what? Who's to give the credit to? Oh, uh, Brady. <laughs> uh, well, obviously both, yeah. but like, I mean, it's they're both the greatest ever to do what they do. Okay, I think that's obvious. Um, I don't know. People have been disrespecting Tom a lot lately, though. I don't think he gets his due. I mean, I understand this postseason wasn't, but they were also not built to, like, in recent years, he was able, I mean, age 39, he wins Super Bowl MVP, leads a big comeback. Age 40, NFL MVP, throws for 500 yards in the Super Bowl, rebreaks his own passing yards record for the Super Bowl in back-to-back, or after age 39 season. Age 41, though, um, if you look at the, what they drafted, they have the biggest offensive line they've had in recent years. They drafted a tackle in the first round who hasn't even played, exactly. and, he, and Isaiah Wynn is supposed to be a very, very talented player. Mm-hmm. If Bill Belichick's drafted a lineman in the first round, then you know right. he's a good lineman. Exactly. and they're Unlike Eric Flowers. Yeah, they're not built. There you go. They're not built to uh, like throw the ball around. They don't have one. They didn't have the weapons outside coming into the season. They knew that, so they're like, "All right, let's." They're built to run the ball um, with Brady under center, sixty percent of the time throughout a game, and that's what they did. So everyone's like, "Oh, Brady can't do it." Well, he's unable. I mean, outside of Edelman, who's able to get open anymore? Like they don't have. I mean, Gronk's he's fallen off a little bit, but like in past years, they had like other guys. Uh, whether it was who Malcolm Mitchell, um, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, uh, Danny Amendola, like they had enough. They didn't have any superstars, but they had guys that were like able to at least. I don't know. They had more variety at receiver, um, and this year they were really handicapped by that. So I don't think it was as much Brady. Like as a quarterback, your job is to like execute the game plan. I feel like he executed game plans really well. It's not his fault that the Chargers played seven defensive backs for like over half the snaps in that game. So it calls for you to run the ball down their throat. Or, like, same with the Rams. If the running game's working, the running game's working. And another thing, uh, not to that you could also defend Brady for, I watched a lot of red zone this year, a lot of football. Yeah. Watching Rob Gronkowski run off the line of scrimmage, he does not. He is not sure the same explosiveness. He literally nah, looks like, yeah. in the past, he There's hasn't no looked like one. the man his size when he runs, but when right. he runs now, he looks like a guy who's over 200 pounds running and is just not in the same physical shape he was until these last two weeks they have no red zone target like everyone talks about his touchdown like his touchdown passes were down this year especially in the playoffs only had two but like they don't have any when they get inside the five yard line if you watch every game all they do they run up the middle three times because they don't have the personnel to get guys open in the end zone um anymore so they have the best player on the field last night in james devlin easy there buddy should he have been mvp over adelman he, uh, Dan, he Dan would have been very happy. Destroyed people every true. time they would. That's true. Yeah. Like, he is oh, such yeah. a crucial. The Patriots. Everyone says, "What's the secret to their success?" I like. I'm inclined to say their secret is to do what everyone 
to do the opposite of what everyone does. So yes. Everyone, so the Patriots kind of were like leading the pack with like throwing the ball over the place. They had Tom Brady, like they had Randy Moss, like they were like mm-hmm. they were putting up thirty points a game. They had like high powered offense. Wes Welker. And like yeah, so like they were like leading the kind of spread offense. They never really had a running back mm-hmm. the past few years. And then now everyone's kind of for- taking that style. Yep. They got the Chiefs. You got the Rams. All these teams. Are That's scoring. what the Patriots did in the last two Super Bowls as well. But yes. And the Patriots go, okay. Now we're gonna get a fullback. We're gonna play a fullback. We're gonna play have big line, a big power line, mm-hmm. and we're gonna run. We're not gonna run zone scheme, offensive line. We're gonna pow, run power, power runs. So mm-hmm. when you play sixteen games, defending against zone schemes. Passing spread offense, it's kind of hard to flip that switch in a week or two sure. weeks of practice and try to relearn. And the Patriots, they ran, I think, they were the most man coverage team in the NFL. Yep. And in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, they ran 80 90% zone. Did you read the, was it MMQB? I'm not sure who tweeted it, but it's like they do what you don't think they're going to do. So, mm-hmm. like, you you basically aren't prepared. Sure. I, I mean, what with Bill you, Belichick, it's like the guy coaching another game. It's like you're, it's like a new head coach is coming in, teaching you a whole new system. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the one thing about the Patriots. The Rams defense they didn't play that bad, and honestly, the Patriots, yeah, the Patriots made some plays where they could beat themselves. And one thing that they were even mm-hmm. that I heard even Sean McVay say in an interview, and I've heard on first take, I'm part of my take the past two weeks was the Rams have to beat the Patriots. The Patriots won't beat themselves. I mean, if you said that Tom Brady threw a pick on the first play, the Patriots only mm-hmm. scored 13 points. Right. I think any person who if Portnoy was in jail the entire game, he probably would have assumed the Rams won. <laughs> yeah, really. That's a fun So Wait, back to what you, you were talking about earlier, Vinny. With that, why do you think the Patriots changed that this year? Why? What led to that? Do you think they th- saw Brady declining? Do you think it was the lack of receiving talent or what? I think it's a combination of before the season they saw Brady. They, well, they didn't, they didn't. I don't want to say they saw it. I think they just kind of assumed Brady's getting old. Right. They're going to have to change the style. Let's go out and get offensive line, big offensive line. Let's mm-hmm. go draft a running back in the first. Or yeah, for sure. He was. Yeah. I think, yeah, he was. He was so let's go get a running back. Yeah. Let's, let's change our style. Let's get James Devlin. But, hey, like, beginning of the year, they were trying to throw the ball. They didn't make that full adjustment. They had Josh True. Gordon. They were, and then they were 3-5 and five in the road. Mm-hmm. They were... They got blown out by a, t- a really bad Tennessee team. They were presumed done, so it's Belichick had to make that adjustment. The thing about Belichick is, like, as much as you say, oh, he's a good scout, he like knows what other teams are gonna mm-hmm. do. He knows. I bet he watches more film on his own team than he does on the other team because he knows what yeah. they do well. That is, that's and true. They he knows what other coaches see that them do. They're, they're one of the only teams in the NFL that self scouts. Yeah, they self scout better than anyone. They say we do this, so we're not going to do it again. Yeah, and I love like we're going to talk. I guess we'll get into this now. Tony Romo talking about how they went spread on that game winning drive when they scored a touchdown. They ran the same play three times in yes, a row. Yes, yes, and, Tony, and they, they good. No, Tony Romo just called it perfectly. He's like, "This works. We're going to do it." That's mm-hmm. Belichick right there. Yeah. We're not going to do anything different. We're going to run the same play. You got man on Edelman. Then, then they double in the next play. We went somewhere else. The last play, we go over the top of the wrong. Did you same watch, play they won. The, I think the was, same play that he caught the game previous yeah. to get to win them the game. I Did just you, like yeah. you, you got Max. Uh, I think it was Matt Hasselbeck or Tim Hasselbeck, whatever one works for ESPN. He broke it down on Scott Van Pelt's show. After. Yeah, I was listening to that too. Yeah, dude. Like, so they they actually the Patriots had never used that uh, set or whatever because like. I don't know, the Rams would rotate in. They had a certain personnel against Michelle, and they had a certain personnel against Burkhead. So 
Patriots didn't have a package with Michelle and Burkhead on the field together, I think. It was, one, two, or it was one combination of their players. They never used it before, but Josh was like, I think this is going to work, guys. I know we haven't ever practiced this, but we're going to put this package on the field. And that package was the package they used. It was the, and the two guys far out do curls, two guys like like closer in, do, do a seam, and then Julian Edelman has an option in the middle yeah. that play they ran three times in a row. So apparently like that package, they'd never even practiced it before the game. Used it in the game. Isn't that nuts? You know, I, one other thing that I actually find nuts is that Tom Brady threw for 4,355 yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 picks, and had a down year. Yeah. I mean, if that's I mean, a down year for Tom Brady, then, I mean, the, the guy's clearly the greatest yeah. of all time. I I didn't realize I, his stats. I thought his stats were worse than that. That's crazy. I don't. People talk about him declining. I mean, I think he's more becoming, uh, I'm trying to think of. A lot like sort of an early Russell Wilson where mm-hmm. where he'll still put up good numbers, yeah. but he won't necessarily like you won't look at him as being the sole reason why mm-hmm. why you're winning. And I think because Tom Brady isn't the sole reason why they're winning, why the Patriots are winning right. in other ways, they looked at it as Brady declining. Like they're not relying on him as much as right. they rely on Belichick's coaching well, schemes this year. His job is to execute the game plan and get the ball in the hands of the playmakers in a timely fashion. As long as he's able to do that, it doesn't really matter if he's not what he was. Because that's all that they need him to do to win, clearly, with what they're doing. So, And um, he does have Edelman, who was the Super Bowl MVP. I know we can debate that. We'll talk. Gilmore, well, some no. other options. I said Devlin, the punter. Devlin wouldn't have actually. Yeah. Okay. But the punter, I mean, like, I that jokingly, but um, yeah. there's a lot of players. Who I think Goff could have won MVP. I think <laughs> I want to get, I, I get in this in a, I want to get in this in a little bit, but... Who's who's more to blame, Jared Goff or Sean McVay? I want to get into that in a little, but I think the MVP should have been Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I didn't even realize this until I saw a stat. He, I didn't even know he had a forced fumble in the game until this morning, was, and, I, yeah. and I said he should have won MVP before that. Three passes deflected, five tackles. I mean, he was on that defense that shut down. Yeah, the interception that sealed the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was just—I mean—he shut down Brandon Cooks. He shut down Robert Woods. I just, I think he definitely should have won, especially in a thirteen to three game. How do you mm-hmm. give it to an offensive player? But yeah. one thing that made me happy about Julian Edelman winning MVP is, as a Jewish man, it was very prideful to see him be the first Jewish Jewish born athlete to win Super Bowl MVP. There you go. A little bit of history right there for you. Okay, so uh, I would like to touch on the Gilmore thing real quick because I feel like in recent years the whole idea is like in the Patriots mantra throughout their entire uh, existence or this whole dynasty. They don't ever go out and overspend in free agency and get guys or whatever. So the Eagles kind of last year broke that mold. They showed you can get guys in free agency and overpay in the short term, um, and it kind of it yeah. really worked out for them. So could the Rams in a sense. Rams, Rams did too. For that. Yeah, Marcus for sure. with Peters with Talib and for sure, and it worked for them. So the Patriots never really do that. Who's the one guy they've done that with in the last three years? Stephon Gilmore. Exactly, Stephon Gilmore. And in his this is now his second year with New England, and he was rated by Pro Football Focus. As a number one overall corner in the NFL, first team All Pro. So like, if Page like they when they do, because a lot of teams will do that and then they miss on a free agent. This is one of the rare times where they paid market value for him and it's worked off. It clearly is worked. Like they went to the Super Bowl one year. He made a big play against Jacksonville. Actually, people forget this in the end of the AFC Championship game, big uh, pass deflection. And now this year in the Super Bowl, made multiple big plays that like, um, really I think obviously affected the outcome of the game. Back to Edelman. This is a good story, too. I feel like it's not getting talked about much but for obvious reasons. But how many times do you see a 5'10", seventh-round wide receiver who didn't even play wide receiver in college, by the way, um, in his 10th season coming off of an ACL tear, 
win the NFL MVP. That's crazy. Super Bowl MVP. But that's what I meant. But, uh, yeah, who yeah. also played cornerback in his career, if you guys remember that, a few yeah. years ago. I think it was 2011 or 2012. The Patriots secondary was so derailed by injury, and Edwin was playing cornerback. That's I remember nuts. joking around with Jets fans uh, back in high school. Antonio Cromartie was playing receiver, and Edelman was covering him instead of the other way around, which is just, to me, that, one of the craziest funny. things I've ever seen in I the game. I think Edelman's success is like 100%. Him and Brady are on the same page at all times. Mm-hmm. Edelman, as much as Brady and as much as Belichick knows what coverage the defense is in, he's going to find the soft spot and mm-hmm. get open. Underrated person to thank for Edelman's development, I think, is Wes Welker. I mean, he played under an all-time great for four years, and the minute Welker was gone, Edelman ex- almost replicated what he's done and probably mm-hmm. has meant more to that well, organization over these past ten years yeah. now. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? I think yes. I think he's he's made... I, so, go ahead. Uh, he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not going to retire. Then the first time he's eligible, he'll get in. But I think he is... I think part of being a Hall of Famer is the plays you make in the big moments. I mean... He made the second greatest catch in Super Bowl history, yeah. and I, I could even argue for being the greatest, but I won't admit that. Uh, he won Super Bowl MVP. He has, I think now he's the most catching, most catches, most receiving yards, which I think he actually had coming into the game. I don't in know the if Super he's Bowl. The most, I know he's. I thought he was behind Jerry Rice for most receptions. He's in the playoffs. He, he, or might be, Super Bowl, he might be first. Super Bowl, I think it's Super Bowl, he's first. But he's, he's like up to second in like the whole playoffs combined. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was my, oh nine was my first year watching the NFL. And I remember Welker tears AC on week 17 and Patriots Ravens are playing in the first round. Patriots get blown out, but what this Julian Edelman rookie comes out, has like an 11 catch game. And people mm-hmm. were like, oh, maybe this guy could do something good. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, he's probably just filling in for Welker. And then years later, I, I hear his name coming up. I'm like, Wow, this guy's still around on the Patriots, and mm-hmm. now look at him. Well, it feels like every. It's what's crazy is, like the Seattle game was like insane. He had like 14 catches or whatever it was. He almost got or he mm-hmm. was probably concussed, um, and that was like a controversy at the time. It's like wow, huge game. He's like 28, 29 years old. Um, crazy. Then next year they don't get to Super Bowl. Then the year after that though, Atlanta. Oh my gosh, Edelman has another big game. And then last year he turns ACL. It's like every other year. Like, you think it's going to be the last one, but it's not. Especially, like, he's 32 now. Um, and he, like, he looked the same as he did against Seattle, you know? Do we think that uh, he hides his rings in that giant beard of his? So no one could break in his house and steal them? He might. Wouldn't it be a bad place to hide them? I wouldn't, dude. What if you have three? Three rings, yeah. Three rings. Yeah. Think about this, too. Two of the most prolific receivers in... Patriots history in this dynasty are Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Neither of them have a ring. Yeah. It sucks for them. Edelman has three, though. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I want to talk about, we're talking about how good the Patriots and how many all these different Patriots players. I think we did, like, I think you've said it, but I think we need to talk about how bad Jared Goff is. I've said it numerous times in this podcast, but I think Jared Goff is below average quarterback if maybe an average quarterback at best and he's just been in a system with Todd Gurley they've been getting early leads running the ball mm-hmm. Sean McFay's had creative play calls that get you through regular season but he was so rattled better the than Trubisky game. guys are is he better than Trubisky yeah. no really no he's not wow. better than Trubisky if Trubisky had McVay, the Bears yeah. might have won that game. I mean, I don't put, I really can't put blame on McVay when the quarterback is. I mean, Brandon Cooks wide open for a touchdown. Goff sees him, 
five seconds late, enough time to let Mc, I mean, McCourty had to run, run to get there. Play. It was an incredible play, but it's also, it was Goff's fault for lead, for throwing that ball. He saved his brother from yeah. missing the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, yeah, that's cool to see that. Is that the Browns McCourty? That yeah. 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 I actually, I've actually met both McCourty's a few years ago, both nice guys. There you go. That's um, good to hear. But, uh, Two I, Browns I, guys got Super Bowl rings. Danny Shelton and McCourty. They went from 0 16 to Super Bowl. Right I think that, I think that game is blocked on Twitter. more on golf than McVeigh. I think I do. I do want to question why McVeigh didn't use Gurley. I because mean, Gurley says he's healthy. If you don't say you're healthy and not run the ball, to me they need to they need to answer for why Todd Gurley didn't get the ball. Jared Goff was just throwing duck after duck, missing receivers. Missing receivers. He had guys open over the middle on like second and twenty. I think where almost broke it down. Guys wide open. He missed it. Mm-hmm. He was. See here, this is golf success is McVeigh because McVeigh draws up a play and says, "These guys are decoy routes. These guys are pick routes." And here's the guy you're throwing to. He drops back, throws to the guy McVeigh throws, tells him to throw to. He's not making these decisions on his own. Right. So pre-snap, he's making these decisions. Patriots disguise it, and he's making throws to the wrong guy because that's where the play was supposed to go. And he's been, he just does what the play. He does what McVeigh tells him, basically. Mm-hmm. I will give Goff some credit where credit is due for uh, he did go in, uh, for going into the Superdome for getting down thirteen nothing and not uh, not withering away for leading that comeback, especially considering Todd Gurley touched the ball four times. So why do you wither away from this one then? I think uh, I think I mean the Super Bowl is a big stage. I I I'm not going to say he's a system QB. He's a bad QB. I did say it a few weeks ago when I got when I lost in the fantasy football playoffs, but. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's an elite QB yet. I think yeah. this. There, a lot of this game was on. It could be because he's a third-year quarterback, quarter, quarterback yeah. with a young coach. You know, that's a big light to be against the greatest quarterback, the oh, yeah. greatest coach of all time. Yeah. And, but I, it, it all depends on next year. If the Rams get back to the big game next year, which they very, very well can, if they keep a lot of that talent yeah. together, and the Rams lose and Jared Goff shits the bed again, then I. I just don't see how the Rams could stick with him long term. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Do you think they're gonna uh, extend? They can extend him this off season, right? Kind of. I think it's works. next. He's I'm like, well, like he, next, like th- he's going the last year of his rookie deal, I think. Right? And then they can, but they, but can, they can pick can up that option him right now, right? They go. Uh, so when you go, so when you're a first round pick, you sign a fourth year, four year contract, mm-hmm. and a t- and a team option for the fifth year. And then oh, typically okay. they'll pick up that option for the fifth year and negotiate that contract before going into the fifth year. Gotcha. Second okay, round picks, they don't have that fifth year option. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Do you think the Rams win that Super Bowl? And with all that happened, being 13-3, um, if someone else is their quarterback, that is not a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, if they have mm, Josh McCown. Or no. You don't think? Like no. someone that's been there. That's, Stop. I, I think no. the Rams are in the Super Bowl with like every starting quarterback in the NFL. I disagree with that. I think you're discounting Jared Goff a little too much. Yeah, I think you are discounting Jared Goff. There's not many What quarter- he did in New Orleans was really impressive. Well, yeah. I don't care. You you, you, you can argue, oh, the flag, the, the Saints should have been in. But to go into the Superdome, to be down 13 nothing and to win that game. The Superdome is probably the hardest place to play in all of football. Yeah. Maybe CenturyLink Field. Mm-hmm. I mean, credit has to be where credit is due. Yeah, I think, Vinny, I think you're overreacting a little too much to this uh, just, old Jared I, Goff. I'm thing. not a big fan of Jared Goff. I never was in college. I wasn't for his first year at the Rams. I mean, I, don't think I mean, was. like, he went against the 
best defensive head coach ever in the history of the league, and they were really good disguising things. What do you think too about Roma picking up on that? I didn't even know oh, yeah. the fifteen second thing. So after once the play card case fifteen seconds, the audio cuts off to the quarterback's helmet, so uh, like they, he can't hear him anymore. So what the Ram the Patriots would originally they basically go to line with two defensive play calls every time. They'd show one and use the other, so like it would just confuse Goff. Mm-hmm. So how, what the Rams did to combat that was they wouldn't even like break the huddle until 15 seconds left. So they could, um, so Belichick couldn't radio what the play was. Right. Yeah. And I noticed that. Yeah. I, that yeah, was, I heard Goff so much, and like Romo's analysis on that. That's so cool. Like I would have never picked up yeah, on that. And, there, and Romo broke down another play. I think it was in the first half, so it might have been when Belichick was still radioing in. Yeah. He broke down that. Uh, they ran. Um, there was like two guys on the left side, one on the right, one on the bottom of the screen, and they both they all ran to like the right side of the field. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots literally had like four DBs on the right side of the field in the zone, and like one on the left side of the field. And it wasn't like they were playing man; like it was zone. Yeah. So like these guys knew pre-snap this where this is the play, this is where the ball is going. That's so funny. There was because golf rolled out right, and he just had like it was literally there was no one even open. There was no one on the yeah. left side of the field, so they knew that play pre-snap. I think Belichick knows half the play because um, who was it? Who was it? Oh, Heinz Ward. Did you hear his interview? I'm like, it might have been Dan Patrick or maybe. Um, I no, I haven't heard it. But he I, said uh, they were like, "Do you think the Patriots cheat?" And he just like laughed and he just said, uh, "All I know is when uh, we played in the Super Bowl, they would just shout out the play that we were running at the line of scrimmage every time." They didn't play in the Super Bowl. Or in the AFC, 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 AFC Championship. Yeah, I, I got you, man. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna say the cheat, but they knew every play we were running. Before. I'm not saying they cheat. I'm yeah. saying that Belichick probably He's a good scout. He's just a head of a scout. Another underrated thing is how about the way Belichick held Donald in check? I mean, a lot of Rams defenders did. I think Rams and Rams defenders made plays. I heard Ndamukong Sue's name a lot, Fowler, mm-hmm. but I felt like Aaron Donald wasn't... I feel like I heard his name a good amount. I feel mm-hmm. like I heard a couple. I didn't really hear his name that much. I feel like he was decently held in check, didn't impact the game mm-hmm. the way he could have. I mean, the pass protection was great for the yeah. most part. Yeah, they, most, I mean, Brady also does get the ball out fast, but... I think they, they allowed an average, like, 160 rushing yards a game the line, off the line. Yeah, something like they that. Get, or they... They would run for that much, they, yeah. Yeah, the Patriots run for, like, 160 yards a game in the playoffs, and they only allowed one sack. That's insane. So that's incredible. I think they're the MVP of the Patriots playoff run. Them or the coach, the O-line coach, Skarnacki? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Because they were saying, like, another thing about the Patriots... So they let Nate Solder go for fifteen million this offseason. Replaced him with a guy for like one point eight million and he's doing better than he had a better season than Solder, their left yeah. tackle. Oh, why do you why do you have to bring up Nate Soldier? I mean he made the <laughs> easiest he stole fifteen million from the Giants. But not th- I'm not gonna get angry about the Giants, you know, football season's over. Fair enough. So are we gonna transition? Uh early pre- before we end yeah. football, yeah. early Super Bowl predictions for next year. I was really just about to say that. Um looking back at 2018, that was like probably my favorite year to watch the NFL. I would wake up on Sunday, every day it was always interesting. All the quarterbacks were healthy. Mm-hmm. There was lots of scoring, lots of drama. It was a pretty yeah. fun year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm looking forward to next year. I talking about Super Bowl favorites. I think yeah, I think I'm gonna have to stay with the Saints, even though Breeze got a year older. I think they're in good spot. You think the Saints are gonna win next year? But. I think it all depends so much on like this free agency, and I'm maybe biased, but the Cleveland Browns have a huge cap space. They're a good value pick. I'll they're say that. Great look at this. Like their win, like it might sound crazy, like it sounds insane, but 
but like they're with, like look at the Rams two years ago with Jeff Fisher like they were terrible like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the Browns window is like two one two or three like yeah, they have three no, years for sure I agree and they, yeah. well, here's the thing you you pick them now and they somehow get to the championship game you pick them now at twenty to one they get to the AFC championship game then there's three other teams you can hedge it and probably make money so like they're a good value pick to go into the season with potentially. Oh. Well, going to last season, Patriots Rams was actually my preseason pick, and then by midseason I changed it to Rams Chiefs. By playoffs, I gave up on the Rams, and they both made it. And I realized I will never ever bet against Tom Brady to make it to the Super Bowl at least. So definitely the Pats will win the AFC. I think the Bears have a really good chance next year in the NFC. The defense more experienced. Trubisky another year in Nagy system. Everyone on that offense is coming back. I like the Bears at the NFC next year. I think good defense is harder to replicate than a good offense. Like I think it's like a very fluky thing that like a defense like that that carries you that much. Mm. I think that's very fluky. Like how many teams do you see? Like well, yeah, like what happened with Jacksonville this year? Yeah, they were Jacksonville. That's exactly like you have like the best defense right. that carries you, and then like in a year, like defense is a lot of heart. Like one player, also like teams can pick up on it. There's a lot that goes into it. Like yeah, and like weather, like a lot of things go your way to be the, an outstanding defense. That's true. If the Bears can win 12 games, though, it'll be hard to see team going in Soldier Field. Yeah. Unless, unless Cody Park, Cody Park, is still their kicker. Then <laughs> he didn't. That was blocked. Dude. I know, I know. Right, but he, I, he wasn't good all. He wasn't good most of the season, anyways. Yeah, I think next year we're gonna have a rematch of Super Bowl 49, Patriots versus Seahawks. Really? Yeah. That is, that is, that is an interesting. Wow. Dark horse. We'll Seahawks see. have a tough division. Yeah, but I think they have they one more year to do it. I think Jimmy G's not going to be uh, as good again. Who's um, in their division? Rams, Cardinals. Question. They have the Cardinals in their division. No, but they have the Rams and the 49ers. Yeah. Right? 49ers sleeper Super Bowl team. I, I, as you no, know, I, I wasn't. No, he's not going off a torn ACL. He's going to be good. Can you say his last name yet? Let me hear you say Jimmy G Hall of Famer. What's Jimmy G's last name? Say it. Stop. Jimmy G Hall of Famer. That's what I call him. Stop. Uh, look at Wentz off an ACL tear this year. Jimmy G is not. Also, wait. Can we put this to rest? Patriots did the right thing by trading Jimmy Garoppolo. No. No. Yes. Wait. Since they've done it, they've had a Super Bowl appearance and no. with the quarterback I, here, broke the record for passing yards. Here's and then they had a Super Bowl win. Here's my opinion. The Patriots never were wrong. Like it was never bad for the Patriots. Like it was indifference. Like right. they got a second round pick, which. Might help the only way it will be missed, but like, it's not like they're, it's not like they're like, yeah. oh, we need you to can't get do that to Brady's career. Like, you can't, like, he's the one of the, he's like probably the only person that's ever, like, the argument is, oh, my, they, you have to give up on Montana, or like, because Steve Young came in, but like, Brady's, I think, so far ahead of Montana that you can't do that to okay, him. So, I guess that you could say the Patriots didn't do it, make a mistake, but you can't say the Patriots won the trade. That's right. I, I guess I misunderstood the question. No, I get what you're saying. I think, I think, unless Jimmy G wins like three. Three Super Bowls, then Patriots won the trade. Though my personal opinion. One, no, if but I get what you're saying. If Jimmy G wins one Super Bowl and it was a win-win trade. I mean, Jimmy. I think the it probably was a win-win trade. Yeah. You know, I, I still think all depends scenario. on the weapons at San Francisco as next year. You know, their receiving core still isn't great. Kittle's something special. Yeah, I still think. Well, but back to my point. I think Seattle can. I think Rams are going to fall off to an extent. Uh, the 49ers, I think it's going to be tough. Jimmy G coming off an ACL, I think they're probably like two, like 2020, they'll be good. But Shanahan, so they're still one year out. Shanahan's and then a great coach. Yeah. True. It's big face. And then the Cardinals, I think that's just not going to work. So my yeah. point being, I think Seattle can actually get one of the top two seeds. Oh, Worst win their division. Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, that was we'll just. We'll see. Whew. Um, 
talk about some teams that I don't see having good as good of a year. I don't think the Chargers. Yeah, I think the Chargers. Think Rivers. Just Rivers a year older. Yeah. And the Char plus that, I mean that's the Chargers. You know they had this good year. Now they're gonna be disappointing for the next five years. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the I. I think uh, the Chiefs will remain good. I think the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I think the Packers. Could, I'm like a big proponent of not overpaying for like weapons, but if the Packers could somehow get Antonio Brown and or Le'Veon Bell, I think it actually helps them as much as I think it would hurt other teams. I think like giving those guys to Rodgers in a kind of an mm-hmm. offense that's very much like create your own play. Oh, yeah. I think those guys are really think, good weapons. I think next year the Colts could be good too. Colts. With uh, they have the most cap space in the NFL, and look what they did. They could actually sign good pass rushers because the pass rushers this year. They didn't have any bad ones, but they didn't have anyone who t- mm-hmm. could take the team over the top. They have stars and Leonard. The offensive line is fixed. Then if they could have Le'Veon Bell, who do they even need him at this point with Marlon Mack? Mm-hmm. It so would that's really a, that's a case where Le'Veon Bell would not help the team. Yeah. Um. Wait. Back to you talk about the Packers. Ravens is, are gonna fall off too. My bad. I I agree. That's why I like Cleveland. Uh, yeah. Chances. That's a very good value pick. But yeah. listen, to this. Uh, the Redskins like four years. I don't know the exact date, but like four or five ish years ago, whatever it was. Had Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Sean, Sean McVay, and Matt Lafleur on their staff. Now they have none of those guys. That's insane. Yeah, that was and, a botch. And like McVay and like Lafleur, like Lafleur, you don't know if he's gonna be right. Coached. We don't know. McVay yeah. is like kind of like a diamond in the rough. Right. Shanahan was like a sure thing. No, and no one even came in and thought McVay was that good young hire. Yeah. It's not like now. Ever since McVay, it's always been oh that was the great hire, the good young coach. But yeah, like you said, he was in the diamond in the rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, let's do it. All right, so I know bird's it's been a while, but we are about to go to some of the bird's eye view. Uh, so one thing has been a while, giant season. If I, if I was here, I'd be there'd be a lot of anger, but we could be looking forward. We might get Dwayne Haskins next year. I think the Giants could have a big year, but now we can get into the real. If I, I don't even know if I could discuss this team anymore because I am about done being a fan of those goddamn New York Knicks. I mean, what the hell? I wish I, I wish we did this podcast Thursday. I was studying for an exam. I couldn't focus. I lost my mind. I mean, the trade was horrible. We, we passed up on Dennis Smith a few years ago. Don't play Nila Takina, the guy we drafted ahead of him. Only the trade poor thing is for Dennis Smith, for DeAndre Jordan, for Wesley Matthews. And people can argue, yeah, you guys have enough room for two max stars. What free agent wants to go to a team that can't keep their best player, who's only in his fourth year happy. What message is that sending? I mean, what, what, what's, what's Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? They're going to come for, to meet with uh, Steve Mills, James Dolan? I just don't see how they, how they can be in a room with Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and not find a way to screw it up. It's the Knicks. They always will. We had something. We had hope. We had a centerpiece, and it's gone now. The only, hopefully, the only hope I have is that we get Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. But this trade to me was just absurd. I didn't get it. It was heartbreaking. It was good to see the one guy the Knicks actually drafted for once. The Knicks actually drafted someone who was good. And now he's, he's gone. The, the one guy who gave us something to be hopeful for, and he's gone because of that idiot James Dolan. I mean, if we somehow get these free agents, and it was the greatest trade in NBA history, but it will not happen. I just, and he, the Knicks do this, they're the king of false hope. Remember, LeBron was going to come to New York in 2010. He was having his press conference in Connecticut. That's exactly what it meant. Nope. 
We got Amari Stoudemire who had won one good season. The rest overpaid. Average, at, I think his best season since his first season, he averaged 12 points. It's, and it's going to be, well, I could tell what's going to happen. We went after one Mark Saldridge. He laughed at us. We're just going to end up overpaying for a second-tier free agent like we did with Tim Hardaway, Joe Kim Noah, and get stuck with one of the worst contracts in the league, just like the Knicks always do. That's what happened with trading Porzingis. And even though, you know what, we get Kyrie Irving, that's fine. I, no second start, it wasn't worth it. If you have Christos Porzingis, Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox who showed promise, and Tim Hardaway... If I'm pitching to Kyrie Irving, that's not a horrible pitch. Now, no, because, yeah, the Knicks were bad, but they say, Kyrie, you come, we're getting you. We're getting you. We're getting an all-star back in Porzingis, a potential first or second overall pick, and the Hardaway goes from the one option to the fourth or fifth. That's not. That's pretty intriguing. Now it's going to have to be committing from one. They have to rely on another person. But if Kyrie comes, who are they going to put around him? Garbage. You're overpaid talent, just like they always do. So, needless to say, Oof. I don't think you like the Porzingis trade. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. Absolute think, garbage. You don't think Kevin, Kevin Durant's going there? Nope. I think he is. False hope. Just the, 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 I think he actually is. We, ha- we drafted a centerpiece who was supposed to be the next great thing for New York and trade him. It's false hope. It's what they've given me all my life. Kevin Durant's not a big enough personality to play in New York. You really think he's going to go to New York? Yeah, I think he hates Golden State. He play with Kyrie. I can't see Durant and Kyrie together. That's the other thing. I don't know. Well, I think I think it's a lot more possible than people think. That's a good possibility. Jimmy Butler and Kyrie are friends, and Kyrie's like they're both weird guys. Them and there's a reason Jimmy Butler's like really tight with Antonio Brown. Yeah, like they're all kind of weird dudes. Oh, let's see. Oh my God, Jimmy Butler, who's the coach killer on the Knicks. I mean, that is literally asking for dysfunction. That is a you. You want to cook up dysfunction? Put Jimmy Butler on the Knicks. He's also not that. Like he's he's right. good analytically he's not and he's like not that's like, why they don't yeah he doesn't he, shoot three he's like the like you said he's not a first tier player he's a good uh, mm-hmm. he's a good like he would have been good in the nineties or early two thousands yeah. modern NBA no because he can't he doesn't shoot threes at a high percentage he's not efficient but he can get you twenty two twenty four a night and be ball dominant but that doesn't win games that doesn't uh, hold up long term in today's NBA at least. Yeah, I mean, one thing about I feel like if Jimmy Butler came in New York, he could come in right now and by himself, not even using the third stringers, could beat this starting lineup, probably. <laughs> you think it's that bad? Also, him and Kyrie would be so um, like closed off. This their person. That's like, true. They would actually, only yeah. hang out with each other. I feel like that's true. Be, like, They'd alienate everyone else. It'd be like it'd be like uh, Jimmy. It'd be like how he was with Dwayne Wade in Chicago. Remember that? Yeah. They, they called out everyone. And Rondo got pissed off at him. Yeah. Then the minute, then the minute Kevin and then Kevin Jimmy Butler. The minute Kevin Knox. What, the minute Kevin Knox starts shooting too much like he does right now. You know, we averages thirteen points per game on thirty-seven percent shooting. Jimmy Butler's gonna get in his. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's gonna get in his face and challenge him. He's going to start getting in the face of Mitchell Robinson and Alonzo Trier, our young core. One who's undrafted, one who's a second-round pick. I mean, this roster is actually an abomination. It's full of guys who I saw get drafted and who have not panned out. His own, uh, Noah Vonley, uh, Trey Burke. Actually, no, they just traded Trey Burke. But the, a lot of it is all bust. That, that roster is a joke. You're talking to a Cavs fan. I don't, you don't really have At least you made it to the NBA championship. I know, but our roster right now is... Just as bad in my word. So and wait, NBA this year. So the whole idea was LeBron goes to LA that like creates interest again, it's gonna get high ratings and whatnot. So then NFL has the season it has. 
Ratings for the NBA are down 23% on TNT this year. LeBron gets hurt, misses 20 games. I feel like LeBron got hurt. No one cared about anything because Golden State's just rolling. Yeah. And okay, the hard the Harden story cool, but like LeBron was hurt for the longest stretch he's ever been hurt in his career. Ratings are down 23%. I don't think that's a coincidence. I feel like people don't care. Like that was the one really interesting story that the NBA had going for this year. The biggest star moving to the biggest market, and since he's been hurt, it's like I was expecting this to be a good year for the NBA, but it really hasn't been. I barely watched basketball all this yeah. year. I, I, I've watched ma- when I was home on winter. Bre- I think I don't think I watched one Knicks game when I was home on winter break. Honestly. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember last year. I used to always come in the room every every day. There was the, the Cavs were playing. The game was on. Yeah. And only I've heard you say one time talking about the Cavs game and this year. When LeBron left the first time, I would. I actually like preferred watching those games over watching LeBron. Like I had so much fun watching like Barajal play, and like it was like I mean, it was just different. And they weren't good, but it was like a nice change up watching LeBron dominate for seven years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I watched, but like now, like I don't even watch it because there's no chance there's no chance you can be an underdog in the NBA yeah when as like before I thought maybe like maybe the Cavs should like own LeBron like maybe they'll go to Miami and beat him like it'll be like yeah. you know like everyone went to the game when LeBron They're, came back cause like we yeah. wanted to beat him and get revenge they went to and LA and like, beat him this year I mean, cause yeah. what, what makes it interesting yeah. is you can watch a game but it doesn't matter there's no one that's gonna beat that Warriors team in a 7 game series mm-hmm. true it's why basketball the underdog is never gonna win yeah the, only, the closest thing the underdog story I remember in the NBA in recent memory was when the Mavs beat the Heat. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really that much of an underdog. The only reason they were an underdog was because no one expected them to get out, even get to the finals that year because yeah. of the recent they years had of a choking. Lot of better, yeah, they, had a, well, they had a really good coach and really good players. Um, I still have that really good coach. True. Um, yeah, they shouldn't have been as, that shouldn't have been as shocking as it was to people. Um, if yes, but, uh, I want to talk about Anthony Davis now. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, transition to that's like the only it's weird the NBA the only like the most interesting stuff about the sport isn't what actually happens on the games happens. it's what's happening about rumors that might happen oh this guy might sign here this guy might sign here like the NFL we wake up on Sunday mornings in the fall and you know like alright I'm gonna have 10 hours of really good football like NBA you wake up you like you don't care like the Lakers played the Warriors minutes ago no one cared like we care but we care about oh like what's the most recent trade package the Lakers offered to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, um, if Anthony Davis went to L.A., it would make it sort of intriguing only because you would have two of the top four players in the game together. Mm-hmm. But then the minute one of those guys goes on the bench, who was going to be the roster they, around they're it? They're going to have no one. They're going to have no one. The fact that the Lakers offered – so we were talking about this before the podcast started. Uh, the Lakers offered Rondo, Beasley, Stevenson, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, and two first-round picks – that's half the roster. I just don't see who's going to even play with LeBron yeah. if that trade were to happen. Mellow. Yeah, probably Mellow. <laughs> but well, no, yeah, I don't. I, maybe him. <laughs> maybe him too. Well, no, he. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I, I wouldn't like they've put so much time and effort into getting those young guys. It's almost like they're already falling into the trap of the whole LeBron. Oh, LeBron's on our team. You got to do everything you can to win now. Blow up the entire roster and like screw yourself long term. Why not keep those young guys and develop them? Like you can't trade Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram. I feel like you have to keep one of those three. Um, and I don't know. It's, they're selling out for a star. I mean, if they, let's say they land Anthony Davis, and they don't get a big free agent this summer. What are they going to do then? There will be there will definitely be players who are going to want to come to play with. They're not necessarily a star player, but right. I think if they do get AD and not a big time free agent, they'll be able to build a competitive enough roster. I mean, yeah. 
LeBron was able to carry that roster by himself to not a bad seed the minute he went out. Just look how they they lost to the Knicks yeah. at home. I mean, that's how you know that they're bad the without LeBron. They lost to the Cavs at Staples Center this year without LeBron. Like, that's crazy. It is. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting to see like what happens. Where, do you think he's going to end up going to the Lakers by the, by the trade deadline by Thursday? Uh, if I had to guess, I would say... After seeing the, what they most recently offered... I think it's going to happen, and it's going to be really interesting for, or at least to an extent. But I don't know. My, I don't think he fits well with Anthony Davis because he doesn't. He's when does he ever fit well with a big man? He's always uh, whenever you have LeBron as your best player. Historically, teams have done best when their two is a guard, Kyrie and Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh, his numbers were down with LeBron. Kevin Love numbers were significantly down with LeBron. Anthony Davis, like, I feel like he's going to turn him into a stretch four, possibly. And, like, LeBron needs a guard as the number two option, not a forward. One thing I think that the Lakers should do, that I, I did this in 2K over the weekend, and it was one of the greatest ideas I've done. I tr- I did the big trade. I got Anthony Davis. You know, the Pelicans obviously aren't going to accept. You have to override the trade, but it's yeah. obviously going to happen in real life. But I was kind of, I was kind of cheap, and I kept Kuzma. And, uh, you know, we had, the, the front court was pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. Rondo was gone. I don't know. I actually kept Rondo for that year, and... Didn't sign a free agent point guard, so I had no point guard. I put LeBron at the point, and LeBron, like, starting at the one was just absolutely incredible. It opened up the... It was actually... I've never had the floor that open in 2K. So it was so... I've never felt more in control of a game than using Le, having LeBron at the point guard, running a pick and roll with AD. There you go. It was just too easy. Then without Kuzma, I ended up becoming... as was the average, like, 17 when I was simming games, so that helped. But I do think Anthony Davis... I just don't say the Lakers can risk losing out mm-hmm. after losing out on Kawhi. Well, they didn't lose right. out on Kawhi. The Spurs just were never going to do the trade. Yeah. And losing out on Paul George. Spurs lost that, too. I think if the Spurs do that trade, that helps them more than if they do the trade that they ended up doing. Imagine if they would have had, like, Kuzma and Lonzo Ball in Papage's system instead of, like, a DeRozan. Or like, they probably would have got more than just They probably could have got and the first time. Ingram, potentially, too, or something. I don't know. Or Josh Hart. Like, I feel like the value would have been better if, if the... If Popovich would have traded the Lakers instead, there. What about uh, no Levar Ball? He's been quiet this season. Yeah, I that was the big. Re- that was the only reason I thought LeBron wouldn't go to LA this, uh, this past year. But uh, I mean, I guess if there's one person in the world that can quiet him, it's LeBron. Yeah. So, because Magic couldn't. You know, the the minute Lonzo gets traded, though, if he does get traded for AD, I think everything's gonna come out. Oh, it's, everything will so come oh, out. It's gonna yeah. It's gonna be like opening the floodgates, man. It will be. The craziest thing about all this talk is the perfect combination of talent is LeBron and Kyrie. Like Kyrie yes. plays iso ball when LeBron is not in or when LeBron's not doing mm-hmm. iso ball. And they just feed off each other. Like that game when they each had 41 in the playoffs yep. is the perfect all like, perfect situation for LeBron one of the most at, as a secondary player. A secondary mm-hmm. player that doesn't really play off the ball can kind of just like Take a playoff. LeBron does his thing with the other players. Mm-hmm. And LeBron will dish to Corver and all the guys that he bought. He got to stand there and mm-hmm. feed. And then when LeBron's not having the ball, you have Kyrie that plays his ISO ball. So it's like they were just the perfect combination. They do really you think were. Kyrie goes to LA this summer? Hence the reason they beat the Warriors. Yeah. Do you think Kyrie goes to LA this summer or no? I could see it happen. It's between LA, New York, or Boston. He's not going to anyone, but any of those, anywhere else but those it'd be, three. It'd be. So perfect if he did, because you're right. They do like that was. I know it was dysfunctional at times. It wasn't a perfect fit, but like 
Kyrie was what LeBron needed in that, like you said, he was just pure offense. Like he can yeah. just go get, get you points, bucket. get a bucket, yes, yeah. and get the team buckets too. And he's becoming a better passer he's, too. He's passing more with and Brad he's, Stevens. He's and got that clutch gene, like at the free throw yeah. line and with big shots. That LeBron, like LeBron, doesn't have. He, LeBron, does, he has it with shots. He doesn't have it at the free throw line. Yeah, and and people say LeBron's like, oh, he's look at these numbers in the clutch, but like. Free he had like more chances in the clutch. I feel like. I mean, yeah. the percentage is higher than like Kobe, but like yeah. not higher. Well, in, than higher. in recent years, yeah, in recent years he's been good in the clutch, shooting the ball, like from the field. Yeah. But Kyrie, like LeBron from the line, is the worst I think clutch free throw shooter in the history of the league. He's like eight of twenty yeah. or something like that in, like when it's a yeah. one possession game, less than seven seconds left, or some or some whatever like that. And that's awful. It doesn't take into account like the t- like the times he doesn't shoot. LeBron, like he lets him yeah. shoot, like that's yeah. not. It's technically a negative, right? And like if you look at the last minute or four minutes of that finals game when they won, Cavs won. LeBron had like what one point at the free throw line. Yeah, that's it. And it was like when he hurt his elbow, like to seal the game mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, I mean, no one was really scoring, but Kyrie, like, I don't, Kyrie think, LeBron, I don't think LeBron would have made a shot in that. Only after right. when LeBron, LeBron had down, open, that must have even for me. I can imagine that must have been for you guys. That was like the scariest looking fall of all time. I mean, he was up there super high, and literally all his weight came down on his right hand, and he sprained his wrist. And like, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, or he played it off, so if he missed the free throws after the game, he had an excuse to get out of it. Maybe. He, th- he thinks that far ahead. I thought... I've heard you use this take before. I was about I, to say, where have I, I, I heard this take, and I'm like, you he, said this. He falls and goes, hmm, like, I can roll around here. I miss these free throws. I got a broken elbow. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he shot the, uh, the left handed free throw. Remember his first stint in Cleveland? Well, that's because he wanted to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to That was like only elbow problems or whatever. For you guys as Cavs fans, how much of a punch in the gut would that be if Kyrie went to LA and that Kyrie demanded out of Cleveland to get away from LeBron just to be Dude, back with him? I don't really care. I'm not much of a Cavs fan. I only care about the NBA because of LeBron because it's interesting. Like when LeBron retires, like what am I going to watch? Like who, who's even going to be good by then? Like Duran, AD. Jimmy Giannis. Butler versus like uh, Jason Tatum, like oh Saturday night oh, on TNT. Uh, you mean his like, teammates? No, Would that be his teammates or yeah, opponents? Maybe, yeah, <laughs> like I don't like what who, I don't like. He's the only reason. I mean, the Warriors kind of have been interesting recently, but like I don't know. I don't find the NBA that interesting. I'd rather see Kyrie go to LA. And that wouldn't be a gut punch because I that would actually be entertaining again. It would create storylines to me, in my opinion. If KD leaves uh, Golden State, I think the NBA could become very exciting. I think. Mm-hmm. It's so open right now if the Warriors were not there. I think the East between the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers, those four teams are legitimate. They can get to the finals. I think only the Celtics and Raptors are the only two teams that could push and challenge the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'd be kind of nice to see the Rockets, you know, to see if James Harden, once Mm -hmm. once that team's out of the league, if James Harden... If it's the Warriors or if it's a James Harden thing, and it's a, right. it is a James Harden thing, I'd say. Yeah. But that's for another time. I th- yeah, that is for another time. But back to what I was talking about earlier. Uh, you asked about, oh, would like, Cleveland fans, would that be a gut punch? And you look at the history of the NBA, dude. No small market teams are ever like good for long periods of time. You know, So it's like, I mean, you just kind of... Or if you're the Knicks, big market, market team. team. You expect, yeah, really. You just kind of expect it. Like, like jo- everyone talks about Jordan leading the Bulls. They're a small market. Chicago's the third biggest city in the country. They're not a small market. Like the only small market team to be really good is the uh, the Spurs, um, relatively speaking. But then they've had the arguably the best coach ever. So it's like people like said people called Chicago a small market. Well, that's yeah. It's the whole thing. Like oh, like it's like not a big market compared to maybe compared Jordan. to New York and LA. right. Yeah, it's, it's literally only smaller in New York and LA. So like 
I don't know. The idea, like, small market team, you can't, if you're a true fan of a small market team in the NBA, you understand your reality. So, like, yeah. it's not, like, stars are going to go. The good, big market teams are always going to be good. That's how it works. That's why I said being a Knicks fan is the most painful thing. They're a big market team, and they're still the last. They might stopper. turn around, though. Kevin Durant goes there. If Kevin Durant goes there, will you be happy with the Porzingis trade? It depends. If Kevin Durant and, and someone else come, just because we still would have had that max slot regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie come, would you be happy? Oh, I would be so happy. Okay, good. That's fair. I would. I think, in the Knicks' defense, I think they had to make that trade. No, they, they Porzingis didn't. hurt. Because Porzingis, here's the thing: if you have Porzingis and Kevin Knox and Zion Williamson, you're not going to win. Like, you might be more entertaining mm-hmm. for you as a Knicks fan, but you're not going to win the championship. There's no chance. So you make a trade in the slim hope you can win a championship if Kyrie and Kevin Durant come. But your only chance to win right. a championship. And Porzingis might, if he has injury problems down the line, like, it's going to turn out the Mavs, like, like they uh, gave up too much more. Like, this is, his stock is super high right now. Coming off of bad injury as a 7-3 guy, yeah. coming off a knee injury. Um, now is probably the best highest the stocks are going to be. As tempted as I am to say, screw Porzingis for demanding out, you know, mm-hmm. you're a fourth-year player, why are you doing this? It also is the Knicks front office, but... Yeah. It is what it is. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Catch us next week.